from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. It's Monday, March 6th. 2023 a packed show for all y'all this morning i hope everyone had a great magnificent amazing relaxing weekend thank you for everyone tuning in live here on facebook linkedin youtube twitter and twitch it's 9 a.m eastern this is when the show is live you can find us on your favorite podcast listening platform thereafter or catch us live on your favorite social media network and on our awesome youtube channel with over 1100 episodes of cyber conversations Just 500 and some odd are just these news. The other 500 are really deep dives into a bunch of cybersecurity uh, topics from conversations with other practitioners to some of the brightest minds in cybersecurity innovations, all available there and on your favorite podcast listening platform. So don't miss that as well. Brand new episodes of CISO Talk tomorrow. So go and be sure to tune in to check that out. Some great episodes and great guests lined up. So don't want to miss those. We're going to get into our morning uh, episode here with our tradition, cup of coffee and a coffee cup cheers. I've got my double espresso, whatever powers you through Monday into the week, coffee cup cheers. Brilliant. Cyberhotpodcast.com. Find all the latest, greatest. Let's go ahead and start with the ransomware gang responsible for the city of Oakland ransomware attack now leaking data. The initial data leak consisted of about 10 gigabytes of a multi-part RAR archive allegedly containing confidential documents, employee information, passports, and IDs. The financial information as well as passport info, employee full name, human rights violation information uh, for now uh, partially published in that compressed stated the cyber criminals behind the attack. In an updated statement yesterday, the city stays... uh, that they are monitoring the situation will notify any individuals whose PII was exposed while the investigation into the scope of the incident impacting the city of Oakland remains ongoing. They've recently became aware of unauthorized third party has acquired certain files from our network and intend to release that information publicly. The city has suffered a ransomware attack that started on February 8th, taking all of their IT systems offline. And now uh, we're obviously, uh, They've, they've stated that they were not going to pay the ransom. And so now we're seeing the impact of that. But good for the city of Oakland uh, staying true to their commitment not to pay the ransomware here as well. So there's that. The U.S. government is warning of a royal ransomware attack against a critical infrastructure. The FBI and CISA issued an advisory Thursday warning vulnerable organizations of an increased threat poised by the Royal Ransomware Group. The guidance is the second warning of U.S. government has issued about the Royal Ransomware in recent months. In December, the the HHS warned hospitals and organizations about the threats from the Royal Ransomware gang that ransomware strain has been involved in a number of recent high-profile incidents, including attacks targeting the Iowa branch of PBS, U.S. hospitals, and one of the most popular motor racing circuits in the U.K., It also has a reputation for targeting various critical infrastructure sectors like manufacturing, communication, and education. The attackers behind the ransomware are reputably notorious for demanding exuberant ransoms from their victims, ranging from $1 million to $11 million in bitcoins. And it's a harder strain to detect. There's a few different techniques around the royal ransomware. Ransomware, the malware itself does 
disable the any sort of antivirus software. It exfiltrates large amount of data before ultimately deploying the ransomware and encrypting the targeted files. The ransomware variant has a unique file encryption program that allows the attackers to choose a specific percentage of data in a file to encrypt, which helps evade detection. Rather than encrypting the whole file, they can encrypt 10, 15, 20, 30% of it, thus making sure no tool picks up on it. A flaw in the quantum-resistant encryption algorithm has been disclosed. A group of researchers reveals what it says is a vulnerability in a specific implementation of the Crystal's Kyber. One of the encryption algorithms chosen by the U.S. government as quantum-resistant last year. The exploit relates to a side-channel attack on up to the fifth-order mass implementation of the Crystal Kyber in the ARM Cortex-M4 CPU. For those who don't understand what that means, it essentially means... Because... <laughs> Encryption is very, very difficult. A lot of people think everyone in cybersecurity understands encryption. The fact is, very, very few people clearly understand encryption. Those are very, very smart people. Encryption is a mathematic algorithm by all means. It's not something that's very, very easy for a lot of people to understand. Just because you understand security and you understand encryption doesn't mean you understand algorithms and the type of attacks that exist there. This was one of the four post-quantum algorithms selected by NIST um, it was a multi-year effort to identify the next generation of encryption standards that could withstand these leaps. The side-channel attack, as its name implies, involves extracting secrets from crypto systems through measurement and analysis of physical parameters. For example, of such parameter includes a supply current execution time and electromagnetic emission. One of the popular countermeasures to harden cryptographic implementations against physical attack is masking, which randomizes the computation. Now, in theory, that works great, but detached from the side channel information is a whole different uh, uh, story, and that's where the vulnerability and the flaw exist. So there's a whole more, there's a lot of work to do in regards to these encryption algorithms. In the quantum side, uh, just because NIST approved it doesn't necessarily mean it's foolproof. It just means it's got potential, and we all have to understand that. Just a day after the White House, how the I can't talk anymore this morning. A day after the White House released their national cybersecurity strategy, the EPA is already pouncing on one of the directives that gives them oversight over the public water systems. Now asking the states to provide a report on any sort of cybersecurity threats in their audits of the public water systems. The EPA now joins CISA. TSA, DOD, DHS, SEC, FTC. If you thought that was easy, just so making a case here, it's great that the EPA wants this information. Outsource it to CISA, one, for, for a multitude of reasons. Number two, a lot of these water plant facilities don't have enough cybersecurity talent to begin with. Now you're adding more, you're adding, they're going to be spending the money they want to spend on security, on compliance. That's, that's exactly where this is going to go. Fox, the administrator over the EPA, said that the EPA would assist states and water systems in building out cybersecurity programs, adding that the state could begin using the EPA guidance in their audits right away. Um, but there's no enforcement deadline. It just seems to be something to put out. They're like, oh, great, we get cybersecurity. Wonderful. Let's go. Now, start. Um, again, I, I'm a big fan overall of the national cybersecurity uh, strategy. I've made a whole podcast on it. I am um, very unpleased with the fact that we've not centralized the responsibility of cybersecurity and critical infrastructure to CISA, which is literally in their name. 
the water systems are part of infrastructure. CISA, the I in CISA is, or CISA is infrastructure. Call me old-fashioned. Good guys prevail as core members of the Dupler Paymer ransomware gang have been arrested and targeted in both Germany and war-torn Ukraine. Law enforcement authorities from Germany to Ukraine with assistance from the Dutch National Police and the FBI took uh, an operation on February 28th. Um, this encompassed the raid of a German national's house as well as searches in the Ukrainian city of Kiev and Kharkiv. An Ukrainian national was also interrogated. Both individuals are believed to have taken up critical and crucial positions uh, in the Doppler Paymer group. Forensic analysis is ongoing and the exact role of the suspects and their links is still being investigated. Doppler Paymer, according to uh, CrowdStrike, emerged in 2019, shares most of its code with other ransomware strain known as BitPaymer, uh, which is attributed to the prolific Russia-based group called Indrik Spider. The file encrypting malware also exhibits tactics overlaps with the infamous Drydex malware, a Windows-focused banking trojan, um, and so two of apparently critical critical roles and more information will be coming from there. It's anticipated that they've made around 40 million euros through cybercrime since 2019. And nearly 900 vulnerabilities exist in the known exploit vulnerability catalog that's being maintained by CISA. 557 were added just last year alone. That's over half of the catalog. According to vulnerability intelligence company Vone Check, they've conducted an analysis of the CISA Kev list and last week published a report that provides important context to the data 311 vulnerabilities in the catalog at the beginning of 2022 it reached 868 by the end of the year on average more than 10 exploit flaws were added every single week that's hard to keep up with of the cves added to the list 93 had a 2022 cve identifier and all the rest had holder identifiers meaning 2021 2020 and thereafter um so very, very, uh, th this list is long. And again, I think, you know, there, there's stuff where um, definitely needs to be addressed. This story is great. All the links, by the way, to all the stories we talk about in the show are available in the show notes. That's it for our program this morning and this Monday. I wish everyone a great, magnificent, amazing week. May it be a productive and a safe one. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern, live right here on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can catch the podcast if you miss it later on any of our favorite podcast listening platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, or any one of the other ones, or you can just go watch it on YouTube. Either or, it's all available there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the show. Thanks for all the great comments. We see them, uh, but we're trying to keep these shows under 10, 15 minutes uh, in that time frame, uh, being respectful of everyone's time. So, I uh, reply manually after the show to every single one of those comments. So thanks for being part of the show. Thanks for being here. And most importantly, stay cyber safe, gang. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.